0: Welcome into the Grass Cutter Social Club, a social club
1: for the everyday.
0: If you've ever wondered what three average guys and maybe that other random dude are buzzing about after the
2: lawns are all mowed, this is the spot for you. Now here are your hosts, Branko, Burl, and Ron.
0: All right, guys, we're back. Episode ten. We got Ron and Branks holding it down with me again, but this time. We got a wild card coming in hot. We got Jeff Buddy joining us. How you doing, man?
3: <laughs> I, I'm doing just fine, bro. I gotta say, when I was watching that five, four, three, two, one countdown, all I could think about was the guy behind the camera in Wayne's World. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> just like silently counted two, one. Whew. <laughs> and here it comes. Well, it, it's us awesome. And we're back and I'm sorry if, it, if it's disappointing you that it's us three ugly mugs and not, uh, not Mike Myers and and who's, uh, who's Garth Dana, Dana, Dana Carvey Dana Carvey that's I right hideous. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're stuck with us, Jeffrey. Um, boys, what we thought we'd do is, is go back to what we did with Troy and, and roll it back and share how we met, met Jeff. For our first encounters, anybody want to kick it off? I
4: I mean, I I mean I I'll definitely go first because I've got a I've got a great story about meeting Jeff first because in our circle of friends I I knew our friend Logan first and I can't even remember how I got to this party uh, and I knew a different guy at this party whose house it was. His name was Dave and I showed up and I said what's up to him and I don't know how. Like, but basically like word spread to this guy that I was a huge Vince Carter fan, and Jeff got word that I was his big Vince Carter fan and he wanted to see who this guy was. And I remember I hadn't even stepped a foot into the the party and Jeff and at this time he had long flowing blonde hair, just sprinted up sprinted up to me and was like, Hey, are you the guy that likes Vince Carter? I was like, Yeah, I love uh we kicked it off just with like a simple love of one one uh basketball player who played for the Raptors and uh you know, we're still friends to this day and I'm better for it. So that's that's my intro to old Jeffrey boy.
3: <laughs> I remember that night very well. That there was uh I think it was a Halloween party. There was a who yeah. had a keg there, and, <laughs> and it was uh Heisman and Greg and Jordan. We're living together. Jordan played on the on the baseball team for a little while, right?
2: Yeah, and yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, I was muddling around inside the house, and you know he's he's hosting, he's coming around, and he's like, "Hey, listen, there's some guy outside, and he's a, he's got to be as big of a Vince Carter fan as you. You should go, <laughs> you should go say hi to him." <laughs> <laughs> it's like like just one two step right out the side door and then you were standing in the backyard. it was just like I I, I you know, I did my old back slap to the to, to your body. Never haven't mentioned before, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you just look at me, like, dumbfounded like, yeah, like Vince Carter. I'm like, me too. <laughs> yeah.
4: And then then it's like then, then it was like normal, right? Like like yeah. we had this like, Of course we're gonna get along. It must be the same personality type.
3: Well, but the thing is, by that point in time, which was you know into, into the like maybe early mid two thousands, right? So mid odds,
4: mid-odds for sure.
3: Yeah. And so so by that point in time, like you, you we've gone past the adoration phase of Vince Carter's career, and you've picked a side, basically. You're either with the Raptors and Vince is a bum. Or you're with you're with you're with Carter and Glenn Grunwald's a bum, right?
4: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think even at that point, he might have already like moved on to his net net New Jersey Nets tenure. Like, I'm not sure if he was with the Raps in 05 06 time, but it was like right around the time where he was like. Claiming to be injured because he was just like sick of playing for the Raptors. Anyways, we don't have to go into the 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 life and times of Vince Carter, but suffice to say we're we're friends on account of both loving Vince Carter.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Love at first sight, baby. They, I mean, they, either of the two, of you could go because this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be a surprise to me. I feel like I've known both of you far too long and gone through far
1: too much to even yeah, remember the first time. Yeah, honestly, I don't think I, I don't think I can pinpoint the first time. I have this vague memory of Insta Winston, you standing in front of my locker like before we knew each other, and. I don't know who you're talking to, somebody else that you knew obviously quite well, but you're, you're milling around the locker, standing talking to the person next to you. And I was trying to get at my locker and you wouldn't move, <laughs> and you refused to move. And I, I was a pretty quiet kid, I didn't make much of it, but like you, I asked you politely to just move, can I get to my locker? And you looked at me and you just said like, get out of here, something like that. <laughs> Which for those people that know Jeff, I think <laughs> I could, wouldn't be surprised by a story like that in middle school. But all I'll say, Jeff, is you know, you're a man of passion. You follow your pursuits. I mean, we've had so many good times. just I mean, I remember when we get into a little bit of basketball, you were kind of bringing me along into it. We'd play with J-10 stuff around uh, down by J-S, Woodsworth after school sometimes. or skateboarding a little bit certainly the gambling and getting into poker that was always a lot of fun but i don't know i couldn't pinpoint yeah. it but i have that memory i feel like that
3: that's it that's where it started really taking off is once we, once we got the taste of gambler towards the end of end of high school also like that's like i think for the most part during like high school i was away in the after school hours at paddling and things like that and so towards the end is where i started like really spending a lot more time out outside of school hours with everyone and Good Lord, those gambler events around the table in like Nadia's kitchen. The yes. In the queens. Oh man, I'll, I'll never forget those times.
0: Once the money starts flying. I mean, I've probably known you the longest, which is, I didn't know whether to go first or last, but, um, I shared this in one of the other bios actually, cause I was, I was, um not babysat, but I was dropped off before and after school at at a a woman's house that lived across the street from Jeff. And I'd often spend my summers there too. And my first encounter where I distinctly remember interacting with Jeff went a lot like yours, Ron. (laughs) I I was told to kick rocks and you know what I just did because it was funny. I'm pretty sure it was Jeff and Alex. And there was another guy that I think did. Christy and Tracy have an older brother. Was it so, a brother of theirs or a cousin? Yeah, or something? Like, uh,
3: the their cousin Morgan would have been the one who That's was right. maybe just a touch older, and then yeah. Braden was, uh, was, was the younger cousin who who lived across the street there.
0: That's right. So there was like the four of you, right? So Morgan, Braden, you, and Alex, and I think there was a couple of other guys too. It might have been like Sean. Anyways, but you guys were like dancing to Michael Jackson's "Black or White" <laughs> in the garage, and I asked if I could like. Join your dance or whatever it was you guys were doing, breaking it down in this garage on this concrete floor, and uh, and you guys basically told me to kick rocks, and I was like, "All right, <laughs> I'm out of here." Um, and then my next memory of you was probably high school, like you said, grade ten, eleven. Once you started uh, having a little more time, and my outfit of memory was coming up to you. Uh, it was by that band hallway. You were wearing your Celtics jersey with your cornrows in. You just, gotten <laughs> just gotten back from like Jamaica or the Bahamas or something, and you'd gotten cornrows. And I was asking if I could come to your house for slam ski ball, so that we could so that we could play basically like full body contact tackle basketball with slam dunks on like an eight foot net, and uh, and yeah, and then joining up and linking up with you doing that ridiculousness outside outside your dad's place on scholars <laughs> so you you hit on you hit on
3: two two well three 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 nerves there two of them are awesome and one of them leaves me with a profound feeling of embarrassment
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm curious oh, which one of those three is the uh, profound <laughs>
3: embarrassment growing up like Everybody can relate to it. The amount of times you can reflect back on and think, geez, what a fucking clown that kid was. <laughs> like referring to yourself, right? The, yeah. Not the kid who's kicking rocks because you're a perfectly wonderful dude. <laughs> but what an <laughs> asshole to just be like, no, nah, you can't dance with the other seven of us to Michael Jackson in a garage. <laughs> but then uh, the, 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 the slam ski ball that shit was just next level like i feel like that was the extension and here's the other nerve which is the, the lovely one of the of gym class right like that gym class was so unruly and just the most fun i think i've ever had and slam ski ball was like the embodiment of that gym class like letting us shoulder barge in the damn snow like, like Jake has a tooth and the broom <laughs> ball at the hockey rink, man, it's amazing somebody didn't
0: die. And I mean, what Ben almost did. We were completely <laughs> out of control in that gym class. He had no idea what was going on. Slam ski ball is a great, a great uh, carryover for for this sports segment because I think what we're gonna get into is talking about changing sports and and how sports are changing either for the better or for the worse and. And the examples that came up in, in preparing for this was, you know, golf has very recently come out with these new balls that they're going to enforce on everybody that should shorten, shorten up the pro game by like 20, 20 30 yards. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit the regular schmucks like us too. But, but we've spoken about this on a previous episode with baseball enlarging the base pads and putting the, the pitch clock on the pitchers. There's lots of things happening in sports now to adjust and, and change the game to, to make it more palatable uh, for regular people and, and I guess I'm curious what you guys think of these new balls that are coming out first and foremost. And then let's hear some ideas from you guys about you know, ways that we can change sports for the better. I think we talked about doing some small things to some sports and then if we can come up with some wild ideas to uh, to really change things up. So, Frank, so why don't you kick us off, man? What do you, what's your opinion on these, uh, shorter balls? You, uh, you itching to try. Or...
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess the big caveat with the news is that like, it, it's, a, it's a long view, like this isn't happening like next year or the year after. I think they're, they're I think they're meant to be It's supposed to happen in, like four or five years. So it gives like the the manufacturers time to like develop something that, you know, kind of meets the meets the requirements, but also is like kind of, they worked out the kinks, so it performs as good as it possibly can. I mean, I'm all for it. I think the big push from the the kind of the, the regulating bodies, which is like the USGA and the RNA is just, you know, there's the the, the game of golf has become mostly for, for the pros driver wedge. And uh, there is less requirement on things like, uh, long irons, mid irons in the game. And it's not testing the full breadth of like your skills on the golf course. At least that's the idea in their eyes. And the other thing that they're pushing for is that like, as the game has gone longer and longer year over year with the driver, you know, they're building these humongous golf courses for, for pros when like majority of the people that play the game, you know, don't need and can't like play from the tees that these pros play and these courses are just taking up so much land that the the footprint is just getting bigger and bigger so it's sort of like uh they're just, they're just trying to rein in how much how much of a footprint golf is going to be taking down the low down the road it's sort of a, like a long view of of what the impact of, of golf and golf course uh Uh, golf courses being built will be in the future. So I I like it. I I, I don't think it makes a difference. I mean, like uh, the problem for me has never been like, can I hit it far enough? It's like, can I not four putt the ball on every green and just want to throw my putter in the water? So I I don't think the ball will have that big of an effect on my putting. Um, So yeah. Uh, And obviously being a, uh, a sort of a ball manufacturer, any company that's a ball manufacturer probably is not thrilled about it, but i think for the longevity and the 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 best sort of interest of the game i think it's a good move what about you guys what do you where do you land ronnie
1: i i just think it's interesting that it's it's reached the end like for forever in all sports like technology plays a huge role and it's always pushing the boundary but here you have golf which is at least for the golf ball anyway kind of said like this is it like this is a set, like they've made the test harder. The balls won't go as far in four or five years as they do now. So it's just kind of interesting that they're putting the clamp down on it. I think, yeah, like for us, for us weekend hacks, like I don't think it's gonna make a difference. I mean, the amount of times I hit the ball in the center of the face anyway, like I don't think it's gonna make much difference, but I just, I don't know. I, I tend to think, you know, the weekend hacks can use as much help as possible. I kind of think they should have gone with like a different ball for the pros. Like, I but I do get the argument. Like the beautiful thing about golf is we could, you know, theoretically play with the same equipment. And for a lot of the courses, a lot of the same courses as the pros, you know, you can go play Pebble Beach. You can play these kind of world-class courses that you do see on TV, which is sweet. You know, you can't just go up and play in the Boston Forum or, you know, these other stadiums, whenever you want Madison Square Garden for a pickup hockey game, which is kind of unique and cool about golf. But I don't know. I just think that the fact that they had to roll it back for all golfers is kind of, I don't know, unprecedented in sports across the board, which I don't know, seems drastic, right? But I do get the argument that you can't just build 8,500 yard golf courses. Yeah, is the new normal.
4: Jeff, where do you land, man? You're a big you're a big bomber of the golf ball.
3: Yeah, I I mean, I I think I have some mixed feelings about it. I take your points and 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 they're not points that I'd thought of before. But the thing that I'm like thinking about this from like the the golf as a product on television, right, as a as a as a as a product that fans and viewers consume, not from a playing perspective, but as 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 like a as, as a as a live sport. Right. I'm thinking of like I'm reminded of of course Tiger Tiger's gone for all intents and purposes like that that um golf is not sold as a product with Tiger Woods in it right now. Mm. And the most exciting thing that I can recall in golf in recent years is Bryson DeChambeau and pumping those yards like the, when everybody was talking about him when he was making those huge uh those huge bombs and like transforming his body when he hit the ball over the water over to the green at the honor Palmer, like, come on, that was one. That's an iconic shot with his hands in the air, holding the driver. And like, we love Rory for busting the, the, like setting the, setting the, the, the top rank for, uh, for yardage on the, on the tour there. We love his driver. I mean, it's kind of like baseball trying to like, I don't know, legislate out steroids when you got Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa literally saving the fucking game yeah. from just mediocrity and like drifting into like a tape delay even. Um, I, I feel like it's, yeah, it's kind of going away from maybe the, the, the stuff that makes it so appealing. Like that, it's that wow factor. I don't know that fans are necessarily going to be wowed by guys sticking it from, you know, two 250 out with their 5-iron or their 4-iron.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The purists, right? Like, yeah. The The majority of viewers, they want to see it, the ball hit really yeah. far, right? Yeah. That's yeah.
3: Great. And from a personal perspective, it's, if it's going to take five years for the new balls to phase in, well, it'll probably take me 10 years to to reach them because I buy all my balls
0: secondhand anyways because most of them <laughs> go in the drink. I, I will say, like, and I'm not as, as big of a golf head as you guys, but the shots that I always reflect on that I think are just unbelievable, right? That that I could never replicate or imagine seeing somebody on a course replicating are often those shots that you just talked about, Jeff, like those Tiger Woods from like 180 to 220 with a low iron or, or some wood or out of the sand, right? Like just a ridiculous distance away from the green and puts it within 10 feet. Like he's not sinking it or anything, but it's the idea of, of how difficult it is from the rough or from an awkward spot from that distance away. Whereas it seems like these guys are doing things from the rough, but they're only 100 yards out, right? They're only 125 yards out. And it's kind of like, it's stuff that I could imagine the rest of us being able to do from you know, 125, 110, you know, 100. out, and it doesn't seem as outrageous, uh, a skill, when you get that close, and then you're dealing with those difficult conditions. So I mean, I, I kind of like the idea of of bringing the full bag back into play. Um, But Mm -hmm. I mean, to, to say that I'm some sort of golf purist is definitely not, not the case, but it's just those those shots I always find are ridiculous, right? From 180 to 220, and then putting it on the green within yeah. 10 or 12 feet of the pin.
1: But I mean, ideally, they'll still be able to do that. They'll just have to adjust their skill set a little bit. And Definitely. the cream always rises to the top. Like that's I think what some of Rory's comments have always been. Like the best players are still going to be the best. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's for the these other aspects of the game. Like Branko mentioned, like you can't just build longer and longer golf courses that just take up more and more land and a lot of the great courses now can't be extended anymore they're, they're kind of maxed out but I honestly I just I can't think of another instant in a sport where they've rolled back the technology like lots of sports hockey sticks they cap it they test it but this is an instant where they're actually going backwards I know? mean
0: I, and I'm not trying to say this against you Ron. But And I guess MLB probably never really fessed up to it, but there was the dead ball from, what was it, two years ago or three years ago in baseball, mm-hmm. where it just felt like home runs dropped off face of the planet, and it felt like these
1: guys couldn't push a ball, you know, yeah. But that's what we have pitching. Like, you have this offense versus defense, and there's this yeah. balance. Yeah. Like golf, they're all playing with the same ball. Like, it's, it's yeah. them versus the course. It's not a team versus team. But, yes, the golf – maybe the baseball is the closest thing to this, right?
4: Yeah. The the other thing that that's often been brought up and that's another thing that, uh, the manufacturers are, are sort of hesitant is the, the, the club head size for drivers. Like that, that's one I feel like is a low hanging fruit that they could do, especially for the pros, at least at that level to limit the size of the driver. Cause I mean, that's the thing with a lot of the pros is that like, not only are they world-class like hand-eye athletes, all that stuff, you give them a 460 degree or 460 CC driver, they're never going to miss this, the, the sweet spot, but you kind of shrink the head down to back in the day. Like when we were kind of growing up to like 300, 360 CCS, that changes the game. Your off center hits are much more, uh punishing than they currently are like you you watch the pros the worst drive they hit is like you know maybe the, the 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 deep rough but most of the time it's like first cut like uh uh just in the fringe or whatever but like it there needs to be a premium on 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 shot making and i think that's another thing they could explore and i know they've talked about it but um yeah ultimately where I land on it is like I don't I don't really see it making a huge difference. I think it's just slowing down the 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 progress towards these obscene distances. Like I think in, if they were to change this ball in five years, in another ten years, we're gonna be at the same spot. We're we're gonna be at the same distances and having the same conversations. So it, it, they need to have something that 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 can be a lot, like a long lasting rule change or equipment change or whatever.
3: So like you know, am I supposed to be wowed by 250 yards next? Or like, <laughs> am I supposed to, am I supposed to go back from three? You know, it's, <laughs> I
0: don't want to go back. Yeah. It does. I guess it would take the wind out of your sails. Right. Sure. And, and Jeff,
4: or, I, I think what, what what you did is I, I think you came at it from a good perspective, which is like, I mean, who cares? Like it, this is a product like, right? Like it's an entertainment product. Like, does it really matter? Uh, that they're just banging out that far. Like ultimately, we just want to watch like the best guys compete with like whatever the best available equipment at that time is. And if that means guys are just mashing it 400 yards, then well, then so be it. Like that's what people really want to see. Like you said, when Bryson hit that ball over that water at the at the Arnold Palmer and he raised his hands up, people were like going crazy. Like it was like fever pitch for like a regular tour event. So. You know with all the stuff that's going on in golf right now like maybe you could use more like 500 yard drives you know short of a hole in one
3: at the at the waste management that was yeah that was one of the most electric things yeah i've ever seen i think that like you know golf's a golf like baseball is a game that's rooted in tradition um and so like in some ways you do want to see the game played uh the way that it it always has been you know be able to sort of make those historical comparisons and 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 have that um that pedigree that's there with it as well right like it's you know that's what gives like the masters like so much you know elegance is that it's it's been going for so freaking long at the same time it is so awesome watching things that have never been done before so yeah, if we're on a road to 500, sign me the fuck up <laughs> and
4: Ryan, to your to your point at the start of your, of this conversation of what I would love to see in like, uh, a, a sport change, like something other than the, the golf we're talking about is I've been really getting it like the last few years, even though I don't really do a ton of like a road cycling myself, like I just wish. That road cycling like opened up like all steroids, EPO, HGH, and then just like let them like like battle it out because I hate this notion that like th- there's this thing, this undercurrent of like cheating, which is like accepted by all parties except for like the guys that are trying to catch them, and so they're all doing it. They're all trying to like outdo each other. But you're not really sure who has the most money or like who has the best drugs. And then at the end of the race, you're like, well, he did this amazing thing. Well, he must be on drugs. I just want to know that everybody's on drugs. So when that guy has an amazing performance, we can be like, yeah, out of all the fucking doped up guys, he was the best doped up guy. And I think that could apply to a lot of sports, but in cycling, especially because it's like sort of an endurance sport. Like just, just give them all, all the drugs and let me know who the most amazing drugged up guy is in that sport. So I knew, I knew you were going to
0: bring this up and I'm really glad you did it with cycling specifically because it's like Jeff's was alluding to with golf and like with baseball, there's a history there and they're trying to sort of, uh, you know, salvage that nostalgia and, and make sure that it's related across time. But I feel like with cycling, the drugs have almost become part of the history. Right? Like it's just become, it's become so ridiculous that like, if it's going to be part of the history and cycling has to admit that it is part of the history. I think you're right, Briggs. I think just let them do the juice. And as long as they're functioning within safe human expectations, nobody, like we don't need to see anybody die out there. Or anything right, like that. right.
4: Right. Right. But, but, last year was like a perfect, exa- I, I don't know how close do you guys follow it, but essentially like, it was really close in the tour de france which is like sort of the the mom, like the the sort of the stanley cup of, of cycling it's like the most important race and it's like 21 stages and then the most important stage the the one guy his name is jonas Vingegaard. he like blew out the next best guy by like a minute and a half on this time trial where they ride alone they don't ride with their teams and it was just like so absurd that like everybody just like you, you couldn't really, like, do anything but suspect that he was on drugs because he beat, like, the next best guy by so much, and the next best guy beat everybody else by so much that it's like, well, uh-huh. they were both probably on drugs. But, like, you don't know without a shadow of a doubt, so it's so hard to, like – uh, it's so hard to judge the performance without this, like sort of cloud of speculation that there might've been, it might've been clean. Like, like things have become a lot more stringent since the Lance Armstrong days in cycling at least, but like, you can't, you can never put it out of, out of your mind. And so like, I would just rather be like, Hey, just fire fire it up man do all the true blood transfusions and all the stuff and let's just see who can ride the hell out of this bike until somebody's <laughs> heart explodes I guess <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you Branko you know and, and
3: and and like in the interest of sort of like not really like disenfranchising or, or like uh you know eliminating an entire industry of people trying to catch the dopers just get you know reassign them to all the junior ranks. Okay, just make sure kids don't do it, but then once once they hit adulthood, just piss on, you know? Just like
4: just let, him sign. let him sign let them sign a waiver that says if my heart explodes it was on me and like they <laughs> let's see it.
3: How dare they try and stand in the way of progress?
1: <laughs> the final you
0: You got any ideas to uh to improve a sport you love with maybe oh, a little change or I something? Mean,
1: uh, I got two. I got I got the big one. Maybe I'll start with like the the the, the smaller change or yeah. at least the less impactful in the game change. But I thought you know what? Like I thought it would be sweet if you had crossover jerseys between leagues. So within a city like you'd have the Maple Leafs wear like Blue Jay inspired uniforms. And like the Red Sox wear like a Celtics kind of uniform. I thought, nice. like, you know, they have the players' weekend in baseball where they all have the different names on their jerseys. Like, you could have a weekend with all the teams playing baseball or uh, pick the sport, you know, and just do a crossover with that. I would, I would look, I'd sign me up to pick up a couple jerseys that have that sweet crossover. I don't know what the best ones would be, but there'd be some sweet ones out there.
0: I'm going to be honest. I think like, it's like you said with the jerseys and we've talked about this before with like football jerseys. I find football jerseys to be boring. And like, I'm a big bills fan, but the difference, if, if you, you know, stand a bills Jersey across the room from a a giants Jersey and ask my wife to spot the difference, there's no difference. Do You know what I mean? Um, Color schemes are the same. The pats are the same whereas like I love this idea cuz if you could slap a big buffalo bills on a on a sabers jersey or something like that. I yeah. yeah,
1: that is. Yeah, I'm all for that. Imagine episode. the Bills playing in that like blue and gold sabers too with the big yeah. two sabers across their chest like that would be a sweet collaboration and all the leagues would make a ton of money. I Don't know why they wouldn't do this already. But yeah, that was one sweet idea anyway. You can
3: play off the rivalries too, Ron. Like if you got the Kings going up against the, um, uh, the Bruins that like make it like a Lakers and, and Celtics situation and like, you know, like mess with the colors go to like the green and gets the purple and gold. It's yeah. Rivalry weekend type of things. I I love that. I, I remember I like back in, back in, in university, I ordered this, uh, I ordered this Leafs um, sweat, like, it was It was a baseball jersey, but Toronto Maple Leafs. It had just, like, the big sort of Maple mm. Leafs logo there, and then it had uh, something across the back, and it was blue and white. It was, it was always too big for me, so I rarely wore it. But, man, it was just, like, in fairness, baseball jerseys have that swagger that I think the others don't. The button-up up the front, you can get yeah. something that's, like, kind of fitted. It's, like almost passes for like a t-shirt right like brian was saying you can't wear a baseball or uh, a football jersey around and unless you're you're rocking cornrows you just got from jamaica and you're in high school you can't be wearing a (laughs) Celtics jersey in public (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: jeff you had some good ideas what was uh what was your thoughts on one of the sports you uh you love
3: i'll go small too and stick with basketball um i think one of the things i was saying like about the small thing is is like make it more exciting for the fan or like something that chips around the edges that makes it like allows the sport to be maybe played a little bit more in uh, to its spirit. And I've seen this in this isn't a new idea either. It's newish for basketball, but it's not new in general. I think they've got it this way in in uh, pretty good in baseball. They got it in hockey as well. It's and it's all around the challenges basketball is such a fast game and played in such close quarters that like the fouling the refs just they they're they're so great but they can't catch it all right and the idea that you know you only get one challenge and it's thrown away even if you win that like you're, you're it's an overturn i think they gotta have two challenges just like in football um and you can retain it if it's overturned but in the interest of keeping things going faster you got to send it upstairs right you don't leave it in the hands of the refs who are there one you take it out of their hands because you know whatever they're in the mix of the game maybe they've got a bit of bias to it go off off screen out of the out of the arena have a panel of three people that are just in a dark room somewhere in new jersey and they just they 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 hit a red light or hit a green light and that's it boom done
0: yeah jeff i don't know if you know this but rugby's been doing that for years they have a tv referee and he's in there and he can actually call down and stop the game. Uh, it's, it's important in rugby because you'll see a guy sneak a punch or, uh, you know, do something pretty, pretty shady uh, when the ref's got his back turned or that's behind the play. And the TV ref will stop play like or, or he'll tell the referee that they have to roll back and then he'll show him on the big screen. Like, the referee doesn't even have to run off the court and put his head in a little tube and look in this. Like, it's just right on the big screen in front of the whole crowd, and the TV ref is just in his ear, and he's showing the ref, right? And it's really cool because it all happens really fast. Um, The only thing that they disagree with with rugby with that is that now the TV refs are stopping them for very little things. Like, it's not the big cheap stuff that's getting missed. It's like, like a tiny arguable call, right? Like, was that a forward pass or, you know, did he knock it on by touching it with his fingertips rather than his toe and like, and the TV refs are, are interjecting for that. I got two quick ones and then we're going to move on to some big, big ideas. Cause I think we've got some exciting stuff there. Um, my first quick one is everybody should be mic'd up all the time. Uh, nice. there should be like a separate ESPN channel for it so that adults can watch. And if the guys are saying nasty stuff to each other, it's not for kids, it's just for the grownups. And everybody's just mic'd up all the time, every sport, always, because it's it's amazing to see those mic'd up moments. Um, and then the other thing, like this is maybe to do with the Olympics is kind of where I think about it, but it's related to the golf talk that we just had. As technology advances, I don't want to see them let guys compete and then suddenly decide they need to roll it back because not all countries can have access to that technology. So the two strongest examples were those swimsuits, right? Those body forming swimsuits that the swimmers were wearing. And there were some people setting incredible records in these suits, but only Australia and the U S and like Russia had Hmm. the suits. So then they rolled them back and wouldn't let people wear them after that. It's like, they've already competed in them. You've already Hmm. let people compete. There's already time set in these suits let them keep going. And then the other one is Nike had some shoes, I guess that the marathon runners were using and they were setting like marathon paces that were minutes below standard. And all of a sudden now those shoes are not not able to be worn. And it's like, you know what, if Mm. the technology is going to push human performance forward, if we need to put an asterisk sort of like when a hundred meter sprint is wind assisted, I'm okay with an asterisk. But if you've let them compete at a Olympics, a single Olympics while using these items. I don't think you can take them away for future Olympics after that. I think it's just, it's part of the game now and it's part of the evolution of, of that sport. But uh, let's move on to some big things. Um, What crazy ideas you guys got? Anybody got something hot they want to, they want to share?
1: I'll throw up mine. I'll throw up mine first. And I want to see, I want to see some, Baseball fields that have like a center field that's like 500 feet away, like polo ground style back in the 30s. I want to see more inside the park home runs. Like, I think you could even put a trench out there that <laughs> the ball rolls <laughs> in or something like that. Like, remember that Houston had that hill and there was uh, a light stand. Yeah. there's a light stand
0: yeah. in, in the middle of the hill.
1: Yeah. I wanna see more of that stuff. I wanna see like, you know, the Pablo Sandovals hit a ball out the center field and they're chugging around the bases while the outfielder's running back as fast as he can. That's what I wanna see. i love to trench. See that. <laughs> Amazing.
3: That's great. <laughs> Jeff, you got one for us? Oh, oh man, I'm sticking with basketball. The big change I would like to see again, it's kind of like to uh, building on this like idea of accountability, right? You've got the replays, uh, and, and challenges you're, 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 make, you're, you're le- incentivizing people less to commit fouls. So for, for off ball fouls, um, I want to stick the guy in a penalty box, five seconds, opposite end of the, uh, opposite end of the floor um you know inbound you go five on four after the five seconds you can run back into the game just clean that fucking game up you know get your hands off them no no tic tac or no no cheap fouls to just try and stop the play um yeah get your ass out there
0: five seconds that's long enough five
3: seconds i I think five seconds is long enough to go five on four maybe you get a get an open three out of it or flash to the basket i mean you don't want to like Completely kill the kill the other team uh, by giving them a, a super unfair advantage. But yeah, five seconds is enough. So off, and it's like it's it's embarrassing too. It's like get over there now. You gotta like chug your way back across the court. It's
1: like an off ball foul, Jeff. So that's like not when the guys go into the hoop, but like you're you're an illegal pick or something like that. Like so,
3: okay, so I you know what I I misspoke. A, a non a non shooting foul. We'll call it a non shooting oh, okay, foul. Okay. So if you go to the free throw line, you get your free throws. But anything that's a non-shooting foul is, is I guess what I meant to say. So it's a it's cool. it's definitely an offensive thing, right? So if you're uh at like the you you would only be five on four with the with the ball in your hands, right? So you commit an offensive foul, like you know, that's a turnover, that's penalty enough, right? Okay. Cool.
0: I love it. That's great. Um, Branks, buddy, you got any thoughts on uh, big changes? Bigger than steroids?
4: <laughs> yeah. Bigger than steroids. yeah. Uh, I guess to keep it in golf, I, th- I was thinking about this, and I think this has been bandied about uh, somewhere. I feel like I've heard it, but I just really want to see it come to fruition, is that at every... I don't know. In, it doesn't necessarily have to be at every tournament, but I would say every major, they have to send out like a 15 or 20 handicap like the morning before everybody tees off and he's got to go play the course in tournament conditions and see what he <laughs> shoots on that course and that way like when they bring it up they'll be like oh like so and so shot like here's some clips from him playing this whole just for everybody like us who think we're like half decent to see just like just uh, a human being get completely like humiliated and is just <laughs> just you know his is just soul crushed on national <laughs> television really? and, and as as a means to just show just how frigging good these guys are. And so you could watch the full round, you know, they could snip clips and like when a player's on a certain hole it's like hey you know bob here like earlier today played the course like look how far back he was from where rory just hit it you know yeah <laughs> i just think that would be hilarious and then like it's like a draw and so if you get drawn you get get to go out there and then just you know your name gets smeared basically <laughs> What
1: if, what if it was one guy what if it was just one guy that did all the tournaments and then oh. that. <laughs> that'd be sweet i love that idea now franco would he have to play in front of the the galleries or can he go on like the monday
4: well listen i mean th- there's permutations of this and i love where your head's at i just i just want to just see somebody of our ilk have to do this because like you know, it's just on another level to play those courses. They're so difficult. And, you know, you hear all these people and you see people chime in like, oh, like this guy fucking sucks. Or, you know, this guy sucks. And it's like, hey man, like you have no idea. So I think maybe adding the the fans would be even actually a, a nicer little attack on just to feel the pressure of like, you know, 200 or 300 people watching you. Cause I, as I'm sure all of us would attest like, you know that instance when you're like playing through a group and another extra four or five eyes are watching you and you just for sure are gonna shank it like there's just no way you're gonna find the center of the club face and it's just a four extra humans watching you and can you imagine like a thousand people just lined down a fairway watching you tee off like you're gonna kill somebody
3: <laughs> i can't see how that would be exactly uh um, you know the type of product that like would be Catching like the 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 not the casual fan, but no. I'll say this: the only people watching golf are guys like us, and that's exactly the kind of content that we would stick around and get up early for. <laughs> telling
4: me, you're telling me you wouldn't get up to watch Logan play like a U.S. Open venue? <laughs> I
3: I'd stay up all night. I'd stay up all night. You forget getting up. I couldn't go to sleep if
0: that's what was going to be on the day. Yeah, yeah.
4: Just, just to see if. He he shoots two hundred on like some tough U.S. Open winning. I was just about
0: to see. I was just about to say to see Logan or somebody like that go out and play like. Oh, he's he's played twelve great holes. And then on the 13th, put like a 17 on the card. And just fall Hell apart. Yeah. Hell
3: yeah. <laughs> so, so he's like, what is it? TPC Sawgrass with the island? <laughs> like,
1: uh.
3: It's like Glenn over here put his, uh, his first 17 into the, into the tag. But don't worry. He's not an official tournament player. There's no limit on the number of balls he can have in his bag. And he's got 200. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just oh, that be a great. Chamber. That'd be so good to gamble on. Like imagine oh, this god. existed and you could go onto your DraftKings app and there was an over under for the number yeah. of balls. Yeah. We'd all be in on that.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure, especially if we could bet against somebody we knew. Oh my god. That'd be the best. Um for my idea, I I sort of I went back to rugby a little bit and and what I thought about was like rugby went from 15s which was is very popular and and great in Europe and I love watching it but to roll it back to sevens makes it so much more exciting and digestible for um, the larger audience and I find sevens so exciting right it's the same size pitch and same athletic uh, characters but you open up that space and the game just gets so much faster and then you shorten them and and you don't have to sit through 80 minutes or, you know, 90 minutes of rugby. It's, it's just 14 minutes a game, seven minutes a side, and it is fast. Um, So my thoughts were to take two games that I want to love a lot, but I don't, um, and roll them back, roll the bodies out of the way and try and simplify them. So I thought soccer going down to seven men, uh, but same size pitch, just let these guys open the field up long passes, long runs, lots of shots, uh, really push the goaltending to try and keep the ball out and watch the scores go bananas and, and call it something totally separate, right? Like, uh, make it a completely separate game, but similar in ilk, just wide open. And then the other thought I had was, um, like a pond hockey style game, no boards, just snow on the edges, same size rink, but only three guys in a garbage bin on its side. Right? right. And it's like, it's all skill. You got to tuck it in the bin. Uh, you could shoot it from, from out on the edge, but realistically you're just putting the puck into the snow. Right. And, uh, just let the guys open the ice up and, and let it be full contact, right. By taking the boards and the glass off, if somebody puts somebody into the, the snowbank, it's all just sort of fun and part of the game and, and watching bodies crawl out of there. I think as a televised event, Like if ESPN did like a 64 team, you know, uh, let guys, let guys put their own teams together Four random beer leaguers from a div one team in, in, you know, Toronto men's hockey, putting four guys together to go out one substitute and three guys on the ice. I think it'd be a blast to watch 15 minute games, um, for a weekend where guys just, you know, get thinned out down to two teams and. That'd be super
3: exciting. I'm going to jump in as the the acknowledged non hockey player of the group, um, and and just say that I I think you're that's very clever and you're onto something. The boards, they 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 create this like element of randomness that I don't love about hockey. Right with the so like the puck you toss it around, it bounces and it's sort of you can rely on just having that ricochet effect. And, and if you took that away, it would put more emphasis on, on the precision aspects of it. And so you'd have to like really care for it a bit more. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you lose it into the snow. Right. And you have to what, take it back out, do a face off or something like that. So, and, and, and that's, uh, so I think, I think that's uh, that's very, very clever. I, I like that. Uh, I like that idea. It would maybe, uh, it would make for maybe like a more sort of, and one style of like flashy sort of, uh, stick handling skills um, yeah,
0: definitely high skill.
1: The soccer one's cool too.
0: I just soccer is so slow sometimes to watch a zero zero game or a one zero game I find pretty pretty challenging to do. but you're
1: right though these guys are so skillful with the ball and what they can do. just giving them more time and space to to show that off would be pretty sweet. I'm surprised yeah. this hasn't happened already. Well, it's
0: because soccer as a sport is so popular worldwide. It's like why touch yeah, something? But, like yeah. 4 billion people four billion people love this to death that it's hands down far and away the most popular sport. So why change it? Yes. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. With that, I think we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. with. Uh, we've got an exciting one for you guys next. So we'll be right back.
2: Are you one of those lucky few people who get to hit the alarm clock snooze endlessly? Not getting up and getting your day started? Do you wish you could jump out of bed, work out, and get some stuff done? Be productive, maybe? Well, do we have a solution for you. It's time to rent a kid. These little gremlins will wreak havoc all over your home until you're forced to spring out of bed and stop them from destroying all of your valuables. Try it for a week or two, Build a new routine, and all of a sudden, your life and mornings will change for the better. After your Rent-A-Kid term is up, you'll be springing out of bed at any creak, crack, or noise. In fact, you'll probably never sleep soundly again. So Rent-A-Kid, and get your morning routine started like you've been shot out of a cannon. Alright, we're
0: back, and this time for entertainment, uh, we're doing something a little different. We're talking we're talking about a heist if you've ever seen oceans 11 or um what's another good example oceans 11 12 oceans 12 (laughs) oceans
4: oceans 13 Um, Italian, italian job
0: the italian job that was the other one on the tip of my tongue but we were thinking of how do we put a crew of four randoms together to steal something that we think is valuable, but may not be seeming so valuable to, to the others. So we tried to limit ourselves. We're not robbing uh, cash from a bank or, uh, or the vaults at uh, at Fort Knox. But the example I gave the boys was, you know, Peyton Manning is my brains and money because he's got cash up the wazoo and he can run an offense better than anybody else. Giselle Bundchen is my driver because fast women mean fast cars. And and she's the driver to get us out of there. Will Sasso as our comedy, one of the great Canadian comics of the '90s and 2000s, making ridiculous skits on Mad TV. And Gronk, my muscle, um, who is the best um, Gronk spiker in history. But uh, the item they'd be stealing would be Tom Brady's 2004 Super Bowl ring. Now I'm gonna let the guys break it down a little slower than I just did. But we're trying to put a four-man crew together: brains and money, a driver, a comedy distraction, wild card, and a muscle man. And with those, we're going to try and heist something that uh, that we think is valuable above all else. So, I think Jeff wanted to kick us off. So, Jeff, buddy, what's your crew for your heist? And then we're going to try and guess what it is you're you're trying yeah. to steal.
3: that 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 that's that that's good. That's good intro, Ryan. Um. So, so okay, I'll I'll run through my list here and uh, try to give a bit of an explanation for them. I'll start uh, any any order any order works, right? Any order. Okay, so we'll we'll start with the brain slash money, and this guy is all money and no brains. I'm going. I'm I'm locking down the multi billionaire Donald J. Trump. Okay, that's <laughs> right. The big orange, that's Mr. my Mr. Orange <laughs> himself, Mr. Orange. For what he lacks in brains, he more than compensates for, uh, with money in at, at least a self proclaimed ways. Okay, okay, so you could make a
0: good distraction too.
3: See, you know, and, and there's a lot of crossover between my guys, right? This he could have easily been comedy guy. I don't know about uh i don't know that he's necessarily funny but like i mean geez he makes a lot of us laugh um so, so we got dt as the money the money without brains two two okay now my driver um not entirely sure that he has a whole lot of driving experience but this motherfucker loves the shit out of nascar and he will play just the sweet tunes that I like to hear on the radio. My man, the one, the only kid rock. <laughs> okay. Kid Rock. Okay. Kid Rock's my driver. Okay. Kid
0: Rock's rolling up in a Cadillac with with yeah. air suspension. <laughs>
3: whatever car it is, he's gonna be blasting all summer long. And and that's good with me. Some ba a ba. Steve just like running in there head it out. Yeah, we got we're we're good. We're good. (laughs) So so Kid Rock is my driver. DT with the money. We're gonna go for muscle here. And my muscle guy, he's got a a vein running down his forehead as big as you've seen. Uh, This guy has, it's hard to believe less neck than that Ed guy from the 90 day fiance. (laughs) Alex (laughs) Jones. Alex Jones oh. he, he, he's he been working out non-stop before just getting reinstated onto Twitter like last week by Elon Musk Alex Jones is my muscle guy because not only does he like he's, he looks like a pretty buff guy and that's that's cool but he commands a legion of minions willing to do his biddings <laughs> so that's that's real muscle he's got influence albeit over you know minions of sorts and he's and he's a pretty strong guy and for comedy this guy at one point in time could have been the money if it weren't for the comedically large sum in damages he was ordered to pay last week of 148 million dollars in a defamation claim i'm going with the shoe polish leaking down the side of his face rudy giuliani is my comedy guy oh wow yeah yeah yeah, no, no more, perhaps no more comedic fall from grace as well, right? The mayor of New York during 9-11 dismantled the mafia in New York yeah. to much maligned <laughs> shoe polish leaking, given a press conference in front of the Four Seasons construction company.
2: <laughs> oh, my
1: goodness. What are they stealing, okay, so boys? Wow. I feel like
0: there's a New York connection and a Twitter connection, right? I think... Uh, that's
4: what i'm picking up on here um, my, my first guess was that, like they're trying to steal the like, united states constitution or something like that <laughs> like they're completely trying to steal something that's unstealable yeah. but like they think yeah. it's potentially stealable because they're just so like national of treasure mind. like <laughs> yeah. a bunch
3: of clowns stealing <laughs> i would have had to throw nick cage in that in that somewhere
0: oh man that yeah. would have been unbelievable um, I think they're gonna steal uh, one of Elon Musk's rockets. <laughs> a rocket,
3: clever Reggie, you got one.
1: I don't know. I'll maybe give you a screen. hint, buddy. Branco's close. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say some kind of like new voting. Some of the voting. Oh, which state was that? Was that Georgia or Missouri? I, I don't know. They're gonna steal the voting machines from the state or something on the run. <laughs> the,
3: the, so, so what they're trying to steal, I, I went, I went more ironic than uh, the, than abstract. They actually did try to steal it, and it was the 2020 U.S. presidential election. <laughs> and the yes, defamation yes. cases, is
0: Giuliani still out there beating on that drum?
2: Oh, wow. God, that's good. That's amazing.
0: Something they actually did try to steal. really good that's a great real world example man Uh, jeff man that is a number one guest coming through for us there with that to get us kicked off franks reg what do you got for a crew what's your what's your heist looking
1: like
4: okay i'll go uh okay so uh i'll start with uh the brains and the money of this operation uh he's most prominently featured on um what's that, a show called the sharks, like where they're doing like the money investments thing or whatever, uh, shark tank, uh, a shark, yeah, tank shark, shark tank, shark tank. Yeah. Uh, and he's just like the most loud and obnoxious guy on there, but he seems to know what he's doing. Cause he's sounds like he's rich as shit. Doesn't know how to drive a boat. Kevin O'Leary, former Nepean high school alum. Shout out wow. Nepean hmm. high school. Um, uh, wow. my driver, Uh, very capable of handling an automobile at very, very fast speeds, even though I probably wouldn't need him to drive a very fast car, uh, I would need him to drive, um, quite expertly and, uh, somebody who could, uh, you know, handle, handle a car, handle, handle any kind of car for that matter. And I'm going to go with, uh, Lance stroll F one driver, um, for the, for the for the Alpine team or is is he Alpine or what's the team called that He's he now, races uh, for He's
0: now Austin Martin
4: Austin Austin oh, Martin not Alpine sorry that that's the French team I was confusing with sorry uh for comedy i need like somebody that's like a shapeshifter that could like take on lots of different roles uh you know he could really distract you know he could charm uh he he would be probably like the biggest sort of role in this heist because i would need him to do a lot of different things, uh, but really well. And that would be uh, Mike Myers, uh, really known for, for taking on lots of different roles. I'm thinking of, uh, you know, Jeff, he brought up Wayne's World. He's really great in that. I was thinking of uh, Austin Powers where he plays a bunch of different roles in that movie. Somebody who's a real chameleon. I need a chameleon and it's gonna be Mike Myers. And finally, I'm gonna go uh, with some, some good muscle, Somebody who's strong but really, really knows how to like put it all together. He's got a lot of lot of skills when it comes to that. He really knows how to muscle some people in and out. I'm gonna go with Bret Hart. Uh, uh oh, man. The, the man himself. You know, he can throw you down. He really knows he really knows how to put on a show. Uh and he really has quite big biceps. So I feel like he could really, really move the things that I need to be moved when the time comes. That's my team.
0: I love it. There's a Canadian connection there. That's, yeah. I can, I can sniff that out, but what is it that they're after? Red, you got an idea what,
1: I I, I don't know. I think I got it. I think I know. I mean, Mike Myers is a huge Leafs fan. Fred Hart, I think came out in a, in a, well, maybe he was a flames, but I, I think, I think this crew is going to steal the Stanley cup or something like that for the Leafs, bring them a cup maybe.
0: Ooh, could you imagine that's, that's the way the Leafs get a cup? is if it's heisted by a bunch of Toronto fans. Um, I think, certainly wouldn't be on skill alone.
1: <laughs> I think
0: this crew is also very business-minded. Lance Stroll's daddy is a billionaire. Uh, the Shark Tank connection. Bret Hart owns a hockey a hockey team. So I think, and I'm gonna push the limits here on, uh, on us getting canceled, maybe me getting canceled, but I think, I think they're gonna, they're gonna, uh, maybe steal some land to get some oil pipelines pushed through. So they stealing some land documents, some crown land or something like that. Don't get fired. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Rando Jeff, you got a, you got an idea,
3: man. I'm, I'm just straight stumped here. Like, uh, just i i I got nothing man they're gonna take the cn tower
4: (laughs) they're taking the whole damn thing (laughs) well you guys uh weren't close but you did put together that it was a canadian connection and i think uh when i thought about this the thing that made me put together an all canadian cast was that the thing they're stealing is very canadian and i think uh some years ago that there was a there was a heist of this nature but i feel like this group of characters could do a much better job which is raiding the canadian maple syrup reserves and stealing (laughs) a bunch of (laughs) barrels of maple syrup i felt like uh you know this crew could really do the things like bret hart could lift a lot of barrels mike myers could get through the security and get his way into the Into the maple maple syrup reserves, Lance Stroll. I don't need him to drive fast, like I said, but I just need him to be a really good truck driver. And Kevin O'Leary, that guy is shady as shit, and he'll, if there's money to be made, he'll 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 find a buyer for for our stolen maple syrup down in the United States with all his connections. (laughs) That's what we're stealing. Yeah, he's moving
3: product. That's, that's rich. Amazing. Navigate those winding Quebec roads. Cause you know, that's where all the stores are.
0: Yeah.
4: Dude, it, it's a racket, man. I'm, there's some money to be made off the maple syrup preserves, baby.
0: Unbelievable. Red you, uh, Ron, you want to take it from here? Or you want yeah. me to
1: jump in? Sure. I can go. I'll let you close go it out. It. All right. Um, I'll, I'll save my biggest hint in all this for last. So I'll, I'll leave that one to the end, but that's that's the hint I'm going to give. That that reveal will be the biggest clue for mine. Um, for my comedian, uh, I'm going to enlist none other than uh, Kevin Hart, <laughs> who's uh, a master of distraction with his comedic prowess. So we're going to go with Kevin Hart as my comedy man. My muscle is going to be uh, Danny Trejo. <laughs> the legendary, uh, Hispanic actor, uh, of Southern California fame. Um, for my driver, bit of an inside man here, so to speak, but Matthew McConaughey. All right. All right. All right. He's yeah, my driver. Lincoln
0: commercials. At least you're riding in class.
1: That's right. That's right. He doesn't yeah. have to drive fast per se, yeah um so i've got kevin hart is my comedian danny trejo my muscle matthew mcconaughey is my driver and the brains and the money the money behind this operation is none other than that of entertainment tonight fame mary hart who who I'm sorry. Mary
0: Hart from Entertainment Tonight. My mother used to have Entertainment Tonight on every night before dinner. Um, and Mary Hart was on there for 73 years.
1: And what I'll say is Mary Hart is still in the public eye in a very specific way. And Branco, you may know this. I'm kind of banking on you knowing this. And, wow. then, and then tying it all together. And Ryan, you may know this too, Jeff, you don't know who Mary Hart is. So you're kind of out to lunch here. You can just put your mute on mic and just, yeah, we'll, we'll I think that back in at
0: tower. <laughs> well, they're all California based, right? So they're all California based. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. something to do with Hollywood. Are they stealing the Hollywood sign? Is it something so big? Is there, um, stealing the Hollywood sign out the Hollywood Hills. That's my guess.
4: Oh man, this is tough. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to link these people together, but I'm having a, they're kind of like all scragglers, but it is all entertainment industry. So man, that's tough. I I felt like it's very specific that you call out Southern California. and all that. But although Kevin Hart is like a Philly guy, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm lost, man. I I can't, I can't string this together. The Mary Hart part, even though I know who Mary Hart is, I can't, I don't, I don't know what significance she Uh has on this.
1: Okay. And Jeff, I guess.
4: I'll go with her
3: star on the walk of fame.
2: I was going to
1: say that as a backup. Yeah. No problem. So Mary Hart, you see her every summer, dozens of times throughout the summer. Why? Because she's behind the dugout at Los Angeles Dodgers games.
2: Oh, she's still attending Dodgers.
1: Matthew McConaughey, Kevin Hart, Danny Trejo, all gigantic Dodgers fans. This is what the internet tells me. What they are stealing is something that was stolen from the Dodgers <laughs> Matthew McConaughey is the inside man. The from Texas, yeah. They're stealing back the World Series trophy from the Houston Astros. That was twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen.
0: I love it. That's great. I love that. All right, I got one last one for you. I I came up with the example for everybody, but I I got one for you here. So. Um, that's great, Ron. Um, my driver (laughs) is going to be, um, a driver who can drive anything and we all know it, it's in the movies and, uh, and his surly demeanor and attitude means that he's getting the job done. So as my driver, I'm taking Vin Diesel. Dom Toretto Mm -hmm. can get behind the wheel of a golf cart and make sure that his team gets out in one piece. So, uh, taking care of my family, I got Dom Toretto himself, Vin Diesel, for my muscle. Coming in at seven foot one, weighing three hundred and twenty-five pounds, looking strong at the age of fifty-one years old, I've got Shaquille O'Neal as my muscle, and I don't know if it gets much muscular than Shaquille O'Neal. In his prime, he could push anybody out of the way. Um, even more beefed up now he's looking great. He's he, he got called fat once by Charles Barkley and then just put it into high gear and, and yeah, looking real Jack, um, for my comedy, this one was tough for me, but I found the connection and, and I'm going with it because he seems to touch everybody's funny bone. I don't know if I've ever met anybody that has a complaint about him and some of his movies. And some of his comedy goes down in folklore. I'll be telling my great grandkids about Bill Murray because Bill Murray, when it comes to being a distraction, getting into a room, I know that all eyes and all ears are going to be on Bill Murray. So he is my distraction. Now the money, man, this is going to give it away. And I'm okay with that because I think that you guys are going to be able to at least get really close to what I'm after Because it's random, but this one's going to give it away. My money man, when we were young, was the richest man on earth. He was hands down the wealthiest human I could have ever imagined. He was finicky and manipulating, conniving, and always seemed to come out on top. It's Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man (laughs) from the WWF as my money man. And I'm wondering, can you guys put together Vin Diesel, Shaquille O'Neal, Bill Murray, and Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man?
1: You said oh, no. golf cart. You said golf cart when you are talking about Vin Diesel. No, I, yeah, I, I did.
0: Eight. I did say that. That's not a clue. But that, but. That's
3: not a clue? Okay. No. <laughs> uh <laughs> Mm. are you sure it's as obvious as you think it is it's not obvious no it's not <laughs> okay <obvious>. okay
1: <laughs> this seems like quite. I guess, I guess
4: if I had to guess like if Ryan's saying Ted DiBiase is sort of the linchpin of what they're trying to steal like are they trying to steal like the intercontinental belt or like the WWE or WWF like title belt like is that what he's trying to steal I don't understand how these other guys would like you're real close Shaq's yeah. done real wrestling close. Yeah.
3: yeah. Shaq's done some wrestling. Oh, yeah, Shaq has done.
4: Yeah. yeah. I, and I only guess that because of the Ted DiBiase part, not because I think these other guys are somehow like involved. But I guess, you know, Bill Murray could be a good actor for wrestling. Shaq definitely has been in WWF at some point or another. And who was the other guy I'm missing? Oh, Vin Diesel. Vin oh, yeah. Vin I mean, Diesel. Mark's pretty jacked, so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I wanted I wanted that championship belt. Actually, I, what I really wanted was that Ted DiBiase money belt. You guys remember when he used to wear that that dollar bill money belt down to the yes. ring and then smack people across the face with it? Um, yeah, so all of them have a wrestling connection. Vin Diesel with The Rock uh, working on all those movies together. Shaq has appeared a bunch of times in WWF. Bill Murray did like a hall of fame induction and uh, an appearance at WrestleMania. Oh. And then Ted DiBiase obviously wrestled through the nineties. And, and I wanted to get to the hall of fame and steal a, a, a legit championship belt to uh, to sport, just E-7. butt ass naked walking around my house with <laughs> a big gold belt. Ass naked. I love it. You can put pockets on that belt
3: or are you just going to go belt? Like- no belt no pockets
0: like if john cena's got a spinner on his belt i feel like pockets could be installed on another where you gonna put your hands <laughs> just gun fingers all the time trigger fingers uh, nice. that was great guys that was fun um, i'm glad that one worked out good job on uh putting your heist teams together boys let's take a break and we'll come right back
2: Are you looking for an exciting new way to earn an extra few bucks? Are your days busy
0: and evenings free after the kids are all tucked in the bed? If you've packed on an extra few pounds from a couple too many light beers, we are looking for you. This city's newest and most charming entertainment spectacle is searching for some new talent. Dad Bod's Gentleman Experience is now hiring. So come on down to Papa Bear's Hideaway and Cocktail Lounge. Show us how you can still cut a rug. Don't let this Dad Bod trend pass you by. For any interested bookings of Dad Bod's Gentleman Experience, please contact Gary at Papa Bear's Hideaway and Lounge. All right, we're back and this is our third and final segment and we're talking a little food and beverage. We are getting into cocktails and we've talked about desserts before, but the Christmas season really seems to bring cookies along and and we're all fat uh, and we like our cookies, so let's get after (laughs) it. Okay, Jeff's not fat and we're forcing him to talk about cookies that he enjoys but uh the rest of us all want to share uh some cookies we're looking forward to this holiday season uh but more specifically the cocktails um any of you guys i am sipping on one that that i could talk about but i think it might come up uh i've got a couple in my back pocket that i can that i can go to but do any of you guys feel strongly you want to get started on uh, your cocktail or your cookie
4: i can go uh yeah um I've gotten into actually baking quite a bit like recently. I don't know. I just I find it's it's sort of like uh therapeutic to like do it because as long as you follow the instructions, it should it should kind of come up with a somewhat reasonable representation of what that recipe is. So uh the cookie uh I've been the cookie that I've made recently and that it's been a big hit with, with my wife and, and the people I've given it to is this uh, it's a chocolate chip shortbread cookie that I found a recipe for. It's pretty pretty straightforward to make. You just kind of whip up the, the butter with some sugars. You throw in some flour, uh, chopped up uh, like semi-sweet or dark chocolate. And then you kind of roll it into these two logs, let it sit for about a, a couple hours. And then when you take it out, you roll it in sugar, chop it into slices, and then and then bake it. And they, they sort of look like little miniature hockey pucks and they're delicious delicious cookies uh and uh as for my drink i'll pair that with uh typically i would just do like a neat bourbon but i found this recipe for uh a blood orange whiskey sour um two two ounces bourbon one ounce uh blood orange juice uh three quarter ounce uh lemon juice one ounce or sorry one and a half ounce simple syrup one egg white shaken over uh, some ice. And then um, you take a, a slice of uh, orange, put some sugar on it and torch it sort of like a brulee and uh, put it on top of your drink. And I think those those two would go uh, excellent together.
1: Oh, that sounds delicious. Nice.
0: Cocktail.
4: As soon as you get yeah. the egg whites involved. Woo. Yeah, listen, I mean, I, I feel I don't know how, how you, you guys know but i'm sure it's somewhat the same but it just uh as we get older holidays is always a good time to see friends family whatever and uh there's nothing better than uh treating a family member or friend with with a nice cocktail and, and a treat and it doesn't matter who it is it, it always is a sort of a gratifying feeling so uh that for me is sort of something that stands out and i'd love to to share that with you guys or anybody uh for that matter Tis the season to break out the cocktails.
3: Yes. a lot of love for that chocolate chip shortbread cookie. I mean, I, I'm I'm a fan of shortbread. I can't say I've ever had a shortbread cookie with chocolate chips in it. Yeah, mm. That's
4: weird. my 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 mother-in-law also just sent a care package recently, and she makes these uh, rock. She calls them Rocky Mountain shortbread, and it's basically. Uh, like a sort of a shortbread cookie with some like uh, powdered sugar on it. But she used, usually uses like Toblerone chocolate kind of in the middle. So it c- kind of looks like a mountain with like chocolate poking out of it. And they're they're incredible. Like every time we get like a little tin, there's maybe like 8, 10 cookies that we get just for us. And then whenever we go to her house, she's obviously got lots more to put put down but they don't they don't last very long uh, every every morning coffee i think i need two or three to to wash down with my coffee so um shout out shortbread cookies that is a nice character yeah. stuff.
0: that's great um reg buddy you got uh you got some ideas for us this holiday season
1: you know i'm a pretty simple man when it comes to the drinks although i love your idea branko about Serving that to to friends and guests and family when you have them over making them a cocktail because I rarely if ever would take the time to prepare that cocktail recipe that you just described, even though it scratched me where I itch and I would love to have that. I don't know if I would make it for myself, but if I could make a couple of them all at once and have them shared with a bunch of guests over, that sounds pretty nice. I got to say, that would be sweet. But for me, this time of year, you know, you just got to go heavy. You got to lean heavy into the knob. <laughs> it's the only time. It's the only time. It's so short. Like, we're, it's already upon us and it's going to be gone very soon. So Here's I just the encourage everyone to get as much eggnog into them as they possibly can. <laughs> And you know a little bit of nutmeg and cinnamon and some rum, like you know just the classic. It's just kind of rum so delicious. Kind of rum you're putting in there? Uh oh, just your your cheapest rum possible. I mean, it's all of them. You know, <laughs> I love it. You don't need I to get it. too fancy. I just love it. Already in there. Yeah, you'll be just fine. I love it. That would, be nice. that would be my recommendation. Then for the cookie side of things, uh, I guess I'm pretty traditional. I love, I love. My mom used to always make those. She'd make a lot of different ones, but I love the ones she would make with the red and the green, uh, like the they're almost like little jube jubes in the cookie. You know
4: that one? Oh, yes, yeah. Nice. Man, those those are really good. Right. I mean, like honestly, I don't discriminate. Like, I, I'll eat any cookie that's put in front of me. Holiday season. I don't know about you guys. If somebody makes like six different ones, like I'll be like, "Yeah, like, give me all of them, man." Like, I don't like, yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's so fun, uh, Roddy.
3: Right, you should spice up those nogs with uh, with like a dollop of eggnog ice cream. You know, make it a little float, Ooh. a nog float. Ooh. Man, okay. Wow. Have you guys had that candy cane ice cream? Oh yeah, we. Oh. I got some uh, candy cane ice cream sandwich bars uh, upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> that all for that
0: there, Jeff, buddy. You got some thoughts on? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I know that, bro. I, so it was, I'm, I'm sticking, sticking with the seasonal theme. So we chatted a bit earlier this week. Uh, I just got back from uh, from Africa, and one of the drinks that they were serving there at the at the safari lodge we stayed at was pina colada love pina coladas personally the one of my favorite like just chilling out cocktails to do but the guy behind the bar was just uh held he held the pineapple and so it was just three ounces of rum and half a can of coconut milk and honestly it was like it just took all of that extra sweetness away that the pineapple throws in and kind of made it like a bit like a white Russian minus the coffee of, of the Kahlua. It was so smooth, man, I crushed a ton of them. and So I was toying around with this the um, uh, last week at a, at a little potluck uh, brunch that that uh, that Bridget had with her friends and uh, <laughs> made a few of them because I was wanted to test it out. And there's a couple ways you could do this. So I'm going to keep, keep with the same theme. Uh, three ounces of Malibu, half a can of coconut, put in a shaker, shake it over ice, but there's a candy cane element introduced. All right. So most advanced is going to be to make a candy cane, simple syrup, right? And then have like an ounce of that go in. That'll have like the nice smooth candy cane flavor right throughout the... Uh, Throughout, sort of like the Milky goodness, and I call it the Holiday Colada. You could go step, uh, wow. you could go step lighter, Ooh. blend up a candy cane, just throw it in the shaker, mix it up, A little bit less ca- candy caney flavored. But uh, if you go the simple syrup way, you could even crust the rim of the drink with some uh, busted up candy cane. That's wow. that's that's my
0: thing. I love it. That sounds yeah. great. I actually yeah. I saw that on a on a feed when I was looking up some ideas for this conversation. And it sounded fantastic. Um, mine, I'm surprised, Ron, uh, that that you didn't go the direction of mine in my family. Um, Black Russians, super common. My dad's got the Russian Prince and, uh, and he mixes Tia Maria instead of Kalua, which is a different mm. uh, coffee liqueur. It's a little more expensive doesn't come in the smaller bottles. And I find Tia Maria is a little Leans a little heavier on the cocoa side, like it's a little sweeter uh, than, than Kahlua is. And so it really cuts down cheap vodka, which is nice. Um, <laughs> so he just, he's got it mixed. Like he gets 26ers in just two bottles right into a 60 under the countertop. And he's got his black Russians going all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's Pre-mixes a pre it. What's
1: that? Pre-mixes oh, yeah. the whole thing.
0: pre <laughs> it into a handled 60 so that he can just cart that around if he's on a fishing trip, or if he's out, yeah. Oh no my problem. god! Grab the handle and off he goes. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rolling um, around with a growler full of hard liquor. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I will say, I will say that, um, Ron. I know you've got an affinity for some White Russians, and I knew you had an affinity for nog. And I have been sculling White Russian eggnogs like oh. crazy. Oh. <laughs> I bought a little bottle of. Uh, not Smirnoff. Um, oh, what's the brand? Anyways, I bought a little bottle of vodka and a little bottle of Kahlua, and these white Russian eggnogs will absolutely blow your socks off. And I don't know if you'll ever go back to rum because the one thing I find is that okay. I'm not a rum drinker, and that when I do get that hit of rum, like if it is just a little too strong at the bottom of the drink or if I haven't mixed enough nog into it, it does turn me off a little bit, and then I have to really. Not choke back the cocktail, but it is tougher for me. Whereas these these white Russian eggnogs are banana lands. <laughs> and I am going to town on some white Russian eggnogs. Wow, you can sweet. probably hear me slurring a little
1: bit as we're So into what this. what's the uh, what are the combinations here? So what I did
0: I did an ounce and a half and like in a tall glass, you can see I've got a nice big uh, cup here, but I do an ounce and a half of each. So uh, sorry, an ounce and a half of vodka, ounce and a half of Kahlua lots of ice and then three ounces of eggnog and mix it up. So, um, it's basically, yeah, it's a, it's a party. And, and if you like a white Russian, if you like eggnog, I don't know if you'll ever ever go back to rum. Um, I did have a couple of other ideas for the holidays that, um, I thought if you guys came up with my white Russian, I'd lean into and, uh, and one suggestion was for champagne. Um, I always get champagne around the holidays or somebody gives it to me or it just ends up in my house and then it really doesn't get drank. Um, But one year at a a New Year's party, I had a bottle kicking around and for Logan and Alex, I poured um, if you take a a can of Guinness and you do it, it, the recipe just called for half and half, like half a glass of champagne and half uh, of Guinness um, into the glass. It really adds that sort of spritz um, to the Guinness because the Guinness is so flat, right? It's got those widgets in it Um, and it's a cocktail that women like and men like. So if you ever end up like opening a bottle of champagne for guests or something and you've just got that extra kicking around, if you have a bottle of stout or a can of stout or a a Guinness, especially with the widget where it's not gonna have that carbonation, um, doing a half and half is a really nice way to to use the champagne and not just pour it down the drain. Um, So yeah, for those of you that uh, end up with champagne after the holidays, a nice Guinness and champagne goes a long way, half and half. Um, And then for you, Branks, I I wanted to bring a Manhattan to the table, but I always make it uh, bourbon and vermouth uh, with just a little bit of bitters and then an expressed orange. So uh, the orange is just like a a slice of uh, orange peel and the way you express it to get the oils really kicking. Is you just grab it between your two thumbs and four fingers, and you just give it a nice hard twist, and then drop uh, it. Oh, yes, yes. You'll never get that orange off your fingers, but that's all you need to do, and it'll really give that orange flavor to your drink. And uh, and yeah, it's it's. Manhattans are a lot easier than the more complicated like old fashioned, which like everybody likes an old fashioned. It's really nice, but uh, if you want something that's simple that you can make for people really quickly, um, an ounce and a half of I use bourbon instead of rye uh, and I just find it sweeter it's easier to drink uh, and then an ounce and a half of a sweet red vermouth and two or three dashes of bitters to taste and an expressed orange. You can strain it over ice and stir it around and then uh, put it into another glass with one of those big cubes or or just put it into another glass with fresh ice. Uh, or if you're lazy like I am just drink it in the glass you stirred it in. and and enjoy it so oh yeah those are my two suggestions and then my cookies my cookies are straightforward I'm not a baker um I'm a gingerbread man the holiday season and I love like ginger molasses cookies or uh to be perfectly honest the one thing I'm nostalgic for that I I always remember the holiday season were those sleeves of the gingerbread men that had the red sprinkles all through oh. them do you yeah, know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Everybody would have them in their lunch. It seemed at December and January, and then they'd just vanish and be replaced with Oreo cookies or whatever else is on the shelves. But I really loved those gingerbread men. I don't know why. So I could really go for a sleeve of them right about now <laughs> after these holiday cookie conversations. But uh, but yeah, that's my that's my cookie my cookie end. But um, let's keep this on the rails and and see if we can get a. Uh, get off my lawn out of Branks. We're all Tiger Woods fans, but Branks, something's itching at you here, man. You want to, you want to tell us about. uh... Yeah.
4: I mean, you know, you know, it's, it's sort of like low season for golf. We talked a lot about golf this episode and uh, this past week was the, I think it's called like the PNC championship. And it's like the one where, you know, a, a touring current or former touring professional plays with like, either a, like a sibling or a son or a father or daughter, or whatever. And obviously Tiger's playing with his son, Charlie. This has been like sort of a feature for the last few years because, you know, the greatest golfer of all time has like a a descendant that's playing golf with him and, and it's pretty good. And this year, I mean, I don't know what it is, but it, it, I guess there's not a lot of golf content coming out other than a bunch of a uh, bunch of touring pros leaving for this other golf league called live. Uh, my, my the socials were just plastered with Charlie woods, uh, hitting bomb quote unquote bombs and just doing some really, really cocky shit. Like he would hit like a 300 yard drive and then, you know, recoil really quickly from his swing. And then as he's walking towards. Uh, you know, the, where the ball was hit, forgetting the T that he just used, he just starts waving to the ball and it just really. Chapped my ass. I just thought he was a little too cocky for my liking. And I just, you know, it was, a, it was just, you know, like real it in kid. Okay. We get it. Your dad's the best golfer of all time. That doesn't mean. You know, much for you. Can you we just, you know, reel it back in and act like a little bit more. Uh, reasonable than, than, than what you're currently doing. You know, I, I feel like he gets a, probably a, a pass being the, the goat's son, but he just, come on. Like, uh, th- this is a nothing tournament. You didn't win. And you're waving <laughs> to the golf ball. You're, you you he's just, I don't know. I just couldn't stand how cocky he was. And maybe I'm just getting old and a little bitter, but I just didn't like it guys. I just really didn't like it. <laughs>
3: Both things can be true. Yes, you're getting old and better, but yeah, all of those things you said about Charlie are fairly, you know, reasonable assessments. I, I was actually talking to uh, to to my partner about this um, the other day, and 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 it, when the conversation was based on reflections of him from last year at the PNC, and I thought that like last year. I was quite impressed with his demeanor it seemed like he had more sort of um like a quiet confidence and like a little bit of swagger as opposed to that um sort of more um like anim animosity sort of style that tiger had where he's like he, he was like a lone fucking roaring you know and 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 but t- but but charlie last year seemed like he was just kind of like cool with it at the same time. And I kind of noticed this year, like the post, uh, the post round interviews, he's like, oh yeah, but our putting sucked. And and I'm just like, don't be such a bitch man like come on <laughs> like I, I i felt so let down i'm like like who is this fucking like uh this this little pissy brat <laughs> kind of situation and uh yeah he lost a bit of that luster that i had and i, and I feel uh i feel but just the exact opposite of vindicated whatever that <laughs> is yeah
4: i just um... i just feel like he's got like so like being His son, he's got so much to live up to. Like being like a arrogant, cocky guy is like not going to endear yourself to anybody. So that's like the last sort of like tact or angle you should be taking about it. You should be really quiet and like out of the limelight. And he's like taking the complete like opposite route. He's just like leaning right into it. And he's like, I'm just going to be like just just the most brash, cocky guy at 14 years old. Like I haven't done shit. In terms of my own career, my dad is obviously like this kind of a big deal in golf. And I'm just like out here s- just with so much swagger. And I just listen, I'm not everybody might agree with me, but I just I, I, per- I took it personally. <laughs> I did not. Is like that him. how old he is? 14, yeah, 14 he's like 14 or 15. Yeah.
0: Bully. Yeah, I, I saw the wave <laughs> goodbye of the ball. It's. It was a tough look. It, it,
1: yeah. I you know who was... I really liked? Soren Stan and uh, Annika and her son. Yeah. That was yeah. really nice. It, yeah, like, who, that kid the... is so sweet. Like just like when the reporter asked him like who he looks up to in golf and then he didn't say anything, but he just looked at his mom and like Annika was like, oh, I would say, oh, that, that's that's sweet.
4: Like yeah yeah 100 yeah. that that's much more my vibe like the, yeah. the like sort of the awe shucks and like you know like the moment is kind of like just more about like me experiencing it with my my parent versus like yo i just smashed this 300 and waved to it like <laughs> like, like like charlie woods is more like a meme you know like that's what it seemed like and i was like get this, get this guy off my tv screen give me more of like soren Stam's like son who can't even hit it like 250 yards but he's just flushing his iron so yeah um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know man Little oh, more ball, i so. think every single
3: drive i've hit around that distance i've waved goodbye to it as well <laughs>
4: <laughs> but not because you hit it 300 <laughs> down the middle it's because you hit it all and you're just waving bye to that ball <laughs> see you later ball yeah, I'm there. I know what that's like it's just like yeah just like reload A
3: self soothing wave it's like so long friend <laughs> yeah. better than smashing your club over your knee
0: there goes seven bucks now I'm gonna yeah. get another ball yeah,
4: five dollar bill just thrown outside Yeah. Uh,
0: well I think on that note guys we're gonna wrap this up what an episode Jeff what a guest man thank you for joining us
3: i bet you say that to all the boys
0: i do i i try is... and ask some d's to wrap up every episode but this was especially nice franks ron let's do this one again
4: can't wait boys thanks so much for this one
2: all
3: right Merry Christmas. <laughs> happy holidays
2: thanks so much for joining us today guys we hope you like what the Grasscutter social club is putting out there we can't wait to see you guys again in about a month with a new inductee to the Grasscutter Social Club. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast for any future updates and share with your friends who you think might also enjoy our pod. If you want to follow us on social media, check us out on Instagram at Grasscutter Social Club. Cheers, and until next time, take care.